Hello, and welcome to the Bliss Smith Podcast. My name is Katie Smith, and here you will learn ways to find, forge, and follow your bliss by hearing stories from people like you on overcoming obstacles, diving deeply into passion, investing in yourselves and others, and uniting in gratitude to celebrate every last joy. I can't wait for you to listen. Okay, we're recording. We're recording. I usually cut some of this out, or I don't, you know, whatever. Hey, Mike. Hey, Katie. Welcome all the way from North Carolina. Yes, uh, downtown Charlotte. Recently moved out here uh, from the West Coast. Amazing. Yes, that's where I know you from. Um, tell, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Um, so when people ask me to describe myself, um, there's about four to five things that I, that I typically bring up. One is, um, is I'm a one, a girl dad, um, which is really important to me. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm a beer enthusiast, a, uh, an army veteran, a, uh, a minimalist, um, and just like, just a guy just trying to figure, uh, figure life out. That's a, that's a solid list. I am only I'm two of five of those things. I'm a beer enthusiast and a guy just trying to figure things out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not a minimalist, which I'm actually writing down because I really want to talk about that. I would like to be, but like, we'll figure that we'll figure that out. Yeah. I'm still figuring that out too, but, uh, (laughs) but I think I'm on like, maybe I'm a little bit ahead of others um, in that, in that space. Yeah. And if you, even if you're like on your journey there, if you speak it into existence, then you're like, oh yeah, I'm totally a minimalist, even though I'm like working toward it. There you go. Yeah. So when we, uh, we've known each other for a couple of years and when we connected, um, you had come from, uh, you, you're an army vet and you had came, you'd come from that world a few years prior and then worked, uh, started, did you join Microsoft directly? I didn't join Microsoft directly. So when I, when I transitioned out of the military back in 2015, I worked, uh, I worked for a, a, a mom and pop, um, franchise, um, um, out of Jacksonville, Florida, um, was in like the cleaning restoration, um, business did that for a few years while I was finishing up my degree. Um, and then, uh, and then I joined Microsoft and was with them for about two years before, before, uh, this, this, uh, current spot. Gotcha. And, um, what was your degree in? Um, so I majored in business management. Um, and, and a lot of that was, you know, the, the typical stuff. And then some of the additional classes I took were on leadership, leadership development, um, getting like the best out of people. Yeah. I've seen that firsthand. Your degree's working for you. I, I must say. Yeah. I think part of it, it there's book smart and then you just got to figure, figure stuff out as you go and, and learn from, from those around you. And, and that's what I try to do, um, you know, throughout, throughout the stuff that I do both professionally and personally. Yeah, that's great. So the one thing I am fascinated, I I have a few military members in my family, but in general, I don't know that world extremely well. And I found it fascinating because I feel like, you know, like my family, many folks like retire in the military. So they know one life and that's the life and that's great. And I always found it very fascinating with you that you made this like pretty crazy transition from a life I know very little about um, to one that I'm very familiar with working in the tech world. And so I would love as much as you're willing to share your journey of that transition from serving our country in that way to, um, to where you are today. Yeah, I, I like talking about this um, because it's, it's, it's a big struggle for a lot of service members. Um, you know, when you're serving is deciding, you know, when you first join, most are saying, you know, to themselves, you know, I want to do a full 20 years and retire. And then, you know, you actually join the military and it's like, it's either, you know, a confirm that that's what you want to do or you're like, oh my gosh, like, what did I get myself into? Right. Like, this is mm-hmm. not for me. Um, and so, I was the latter on that, on that. And so I got in, I, I loved the, you know, the men and women that I, that I got to serve with, um, you know, was, was stationed East coast, West coast, got to live in Hawaii. I was overseas humanitarian support and, and in the middle East for a little while, but 
you know, the, the, the servicemen and women were, were a phenomenal part of that, that journey, but the structure, the, like the, almost like what I felt like a concrete ceiling to being able to progress in your career. Um, it just, it wasn't offering me what I, what I really wanted out of life, which was both personally, um, you know, with my family. And then also, you know, on a professional note, I'm the type that, you know, at least I pride myself in really trying to to do the best that I can and to be also rewarded on the back end for that. And the military, you know, in a lot of ways does restrict that in, in some spots. So, you know, I, I, at about eight years in, I made the difficult decision um, to say, you know what, I'm going to get out of the military and I'm going to go out into the, into the, what I called the real world at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, no plan in place, which I think is what is really um, a struggle for, for a lot of service members is, is the fear part of that right? Is that there's structure, yeah. the institutionalization, I guess, of like, you know, like, you know, your paycheck's coming in at this time, you've got all your benefits. Um, but the fear of like, well, how are you going to make it on the outside um, was a real thing. And, you know, I, I, you know, in talking with family and friends, the biggest takeaway that I kept hearing was you need a degree. Like that is the golden ticket to at least get interviews, to at least get a decent paying job. Um, and so, you know, when I transitioned out, I went, I went back to school for, for about a year and a half, two years, did some, uh, you know, some small work just to help pay the bills. Um, and, uh, and it, it wasn't until there was a day where I was just, you know, on like a, like a monster indeed or something like that, just, you know, cause mm-hmm. I was during graduation and I, I wanted to finally get my, my big boy job, um, that I came across a role for, um, like a program manager role with, with Microsoft where they, this role was specifically helping transitioning service members land jobs in the IT field. Mm-hmm. Um, my part within that program was helping them develop their resumes, build their personal brand, how to go into an interview and translate all the great stuff they've done in the military in like civilian language. So like an actual like person who's a hiring manager can understand what that, what that means. And that's, that's really difficult to do because whether it's the, 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 the you know, the nomenclature of what the, the military uses it, you know, or, um, how do I, how do I quantify the impact that I had in some of this work is a, is a big struggle for, for service members. And so to be able to, to get back and to help in that role was, was my first real taste, I guess, of, of, of the tech space. Um, and then just, you know, just back to my, my intro, just trying to figure life out, you know, it was just through that work, you know, and, and building my own, uh, LinkedIn site and maximize my own brand that a recruiter from, from compass reached out. Um, and, uh, and, and said, Hey, there's this awesome job, you know, it's out in San Francisco. Would you be interested in, um, and it's, it's been one of the best decisions ever. So, um, I think if I had to sum it up, it was that I just wanted more out of life than to, than to be sh- that, that structured, um, be kind of yeah. sum it all up. That's, that's so interesting, um, that you say the, the structured part, because so, you know, as you know, in, in the startup world or the tech world, and I guess, I mean, I've been in that for so long that maybe it's other places, but I feel like it's very much here is, um, the notion that change is the constant, like it is always changing, you know, think about the different people you've met and the different bosses or roles you've served in. It is literally such a constant and I was talking to my stepbrother who is in the air force and he, I, this was a few years ago and I was like, yeah, you know, I just, I just changed roles and got a new boss. So I'm trying to impress them or whatever it was. And he was like, oh my gosh, like I am so used to in the military knowing exactly what's going to happen for the next forgive me butchering this, but for the next like 10 steps up, um, I know who would be my quote boss or, you know, my leader, the next 10 steps up. And there's no, there, there aren't any surprises. And I'm sure that in, in some, through some lenses, there certainly are, but in terms of like the structure of your day to day, uh, he's in the reserve. So that also might be a scotch different, but in general, I was like, oh my gosh, I have no idea what that life looks like. And he was like, you're a crazy person for living the life full of change that you are. What's, what is your reaction to that? Well, I think it's really accurate how he describes that, that, um, that, that lifestyle. And, 
Um, it's the same across, I, I would imagine the Navy um, and the Marine Corps is very similar, but in the Army, it's the same. It's that you have, if you're enlisted, this is the E1 through E9, um, you know, ranks that you achieve in that path. Um, like the work that you do, whether you're a mechanic or a cook or like what we would like think of as like HR, like mm-hmm. that, that, that could be different, but your rank and the title is going to be the same. So, you know, like, Hey, I want to be a sergeant. Well, after a sergeant, there's not like an unknown of where I go. Like it's to a staff sergeant and then, you know, and then right. same officer role. so there's, there's a lot of structure and, and people don't come and go as, mm-hmm. as often. Um, and so if you get promoted, typically you get promoted and you still stay on the same team. You just are a different rank now. Um, and every, every several, maybe four or five years, you might get a new duty station where you move. But for the most part, you do, he's, he's correct. You know exactly who it is that you're working for and, and what's expected. Yeah. And that's, uh, and, you know, every once in a while I think about him and laugh because like I'll experience another change at work. And I'm like, man, that would be nice to just kind of know what's going on at all times. But you're telling me, you know, it's not so nice at sometimes. And you kind of feel like, wow, this is exactly going exactly as I expected. I think it comes down to just um, personalities. Um, and I think whether it's, you know, that your upbringing or, you know, something else that's happened in life that just kind of shapes you in that way. And, and, um, for some, like people need structure, like that's just what makes them feel comfortable. And then others are more of like risk takers. You know, they, they, you know, they, um, they're not afraid to go into a, into a dark alley, um, you know, by themselves and stuff. And so I think it just depends on personality on Mm -hmm. what direction you go. Um, and there's not, there's not a right or wrong answer there. It's, it's, it's ultimately, you know, what's going to make you happy and what's going to challenge you to show up and, and be your best self. Yeah. And what are some of the qualities that you took away from the military that have helped you in your change of life? That's a really good question. The, the, the biggest things that I took away, one is teamwork, um, which I, I try to instill in, in everybody around me is like, especially if it's, if it's work related, it's like working as a team. Um, you know, the sum of each of those individuals is, 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 is really great when we're all in unit and, and, and like, I guess, like moving in the same direction. Um, caring about people is another one. Um, and um, for any of like my, like the, the military people that, that'll listen to this, it's like um, caring about people in the military sometimes can be like a really like tough love type of, you know, you know, um, setting, especially, you know, in the, in the army where it's a lot of yelling, a lot of like, I told you to do this. And if you mess up, it's like, you know, like, you know, there might be some like physical, like training or physical, like, you know, um, you know, pushups, things like that. It's like, but, but caring about people in general is that like you get, you get, in order to get the most out of people, you have to make them feel heard. You have to make them feel respected. Um, and so I think the, the teamwork, the care on people were, were two big, um, takeaways, um, um, for me personally, that has really helped this. The third piece would be in, in like upwards, upward, like type of like communication with people. So people that are, you know, maybe like your senior, you know, you know, in, in senior leadership in corporate America, um, in the military, you got comfortable speaking to some of those different settings and different briefings. Um, and I think that that helps the transition into this role from, from that, for me, at least personally, um, was being able to like be in a meeting with, you know, executives with, with, with those type of leaders and to be able to like be composed, be tactful in, in, in order to get the things that, that you that you need to accomplish for, for the, for your team. Yeah, that that's a good list. Um, I had the pleasure of, um, one of my first bosses was a retired Colonel from the army and he taught me about, um, SOPs, um, standard operating procedures. Wow. I almost lost it. Um, and I, for those of you who aren't from the military or from the world that I still live in and use those, it's basically creating a documented playbook of a process that you do. So, you know, if it's, I I even taught my mom who cuts hair, how to write an SOP because she was passing off, like how to test, um, barbers in the state of Nevada. And I was like, yeah, people need to go need to know why you're doing it, how you're doing it. If someone were to, you know, get hit by a bus, as they say, or I prefer win the lotto, then you have a piece of paper that says exactly what you're supposed to do. 
all that to say, um, I even have a military nugget from my, my former boss. SOPs are the best. They, they are. And there's always an SOP for the SOP. Um, yeah. <laughs> they, they, that goes back to the structure and, and knowing exactly what is needed to, to do something correctly. Um, so SOPs are another great takeaway. That's, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, most of the folks that work closely with me are not a fan that I love SOPs so much because I usually ask very uh, firmly that we write them on everything, but you know, it pays off. I call it my ghost of Christmas past, the SOP that I wrote last year that I dust off and I'm like, we can use this. Yeah. So, well, good. So we have some, some takeaways there. And then I guess I'm just going to inorganically bring this up because I have to, which is we have had, um, you know, in our time together, some sort of like share a fun fact. And one of your fun facts, um, and you have many because you're pretty cool, um, is that uh, something about your parachute in, in the army. So I'll leave it there and you just take it away, my friend. Yeah. Um, a fun fact that I, I like talking about this, um, but it was, it was maybe three years into the military. Um, at that time, part of my job was, believe it or not, was to jump out of airplanes. Um, that wasn't like the primary job, but it was definitely part of it. Um, and, and so there was a, there was a training jump where it was really windy outside and, um, you know, the way they stagger you in an aircraft on, on these, um, is there's two doors at the rear of the, of the, of the plane. And, you know, you jump out of both sides, there's people going out at the same time and they stagger you so that, you know, as you come out, out the doors, the way that the vortex of like the propellers pushing back towards those doors they, they move you back towards the middle of the, of the aircraft. This is probably really hard for somebody to like comprehend in their head, but, but bear with me. And so, you know, as you jump out, you, you want to have that spacing. Well, the, it was really windy that day and we hit an air pocket as I was getting near the door and it threw off like that spacing a little bit and the timing. And so when I came out, your parachute's supposed to open within about three to four seconds, give or take. Um, if it's not, you have a reserve on and, and you know, you're supposed to you know, you know, pull the, pull the reserve. So I came out and as soon as I came out, um, I, I realized that my feet were on top of another, another guy's parachute. You know, my, my parachute isn't open. Um, it didn't inflate immediately. And, and so I'm standing on his parachute and this is all happening within, <laughs> within seconds. I right. mean, it is very quick. Um, and, the only way for your parachute to open is you, you have to give it air. And obviously all the air is being taken by the parachute I'm standing on. So <laughs> I had to jump off about 800 feet off the ground, 900 feet off the ground um, in order for my parachute to open. And so luckily it did, I'm still standing here, um, you know, and, 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 uh, and all is well, but that was a really scary, scary moment. Um, but it taught me a few things, um, you know, in hindsight is like one of the things that, the, that they always teach you in airborne school and in that role was to trust your equipment, right? Trust like the process of the training that you've gone through, the equipment that you're given, um, that's going to work. And that's something that, you know, I, I, I still live by is like trusting the process. You, you know, you, you went through the training, you've done the, done the work, like it's time to execute and, 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 to, and to do things the, the way that they were designed. And so, um, that was the big takeaway I had there, but it was definitely a nerve wracking experience. Um, I don't know how many jumps I had after that, but let's just say like I had several more jobs in the military where I did not have uh, jumping out of airplanes on the resume for that. You were just, you were like, I think I'm good. I think uh... like my moment where I realized, yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, I'm pushing it a little bit too, too close to the edge. Wait, literally, it, literally was there any risk of his not opening or was it your, the it was your risk? It was already open. Um, so he was, oh. you know, I landed on his because as just the, however, the, like the universe decided it was going to have us come out of that airplane and, and everything I was standing on, on the edge of his parachute. Oh, okay. So he was great. And he was like, dude, what are you doing? You should probably get off of my parachute. Exactly. <laughs> that is terrifying. So the difference between us is that I never would have started that role in my parachute career. Um, so you got that going for you. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a fun time. Um, early, early twenties, fun time, you know, just, <laughs> I, I feel like it's, 
stereotypical young men, you know, trying to figure out life out. And so like, why not, you know, go and jump out of an airplane or bungee jump or whatever that adrenaline pushes. So I've, yeah. I've slowed down a little bit on that end. Um, but it was, it was a fun time in life. That's cool. I don't know if you slowed down and we should talk about this. You're now a, what's the word? Cr- crazy man, run marathon runner, man. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs> yeah. So I just, uh, I just completed my first ultra marathon. Oh, um, ultra marathon. Yes. About a month ago. So it was a 60 K in the, uh, in the desert North of, uh, of Phoenix. Um, and that was a blast. Um, running is, is a really big passion of mine. And, um, it's to me, it's a meditative type of feeling, um, uh, where, whether it's throwing on some soft music and just going out and just running and just letting your mind just process where you're at in life, you know, professionally and personally, and what, like, how are you tracking towards the goals that you have for yourself? Um, it's just, it's just really, really energizing for me and, and for others that might be actually just, you know, rolling out a mat and doing yoga or doing like, you know, real meditation, um, or going for a while or wherever that space is for you. It's, um, that's, that's, uh, for you to decide, but for me, running is, has been that, uh, that, that energizing type of uh, outlet for me. Congrats. So 60 miles. It was 60 K. So it was about 37, 38 miles. That's Um, still way too many for me, but 60 miles scared me to death. Okay. So 30 to 38, you said about 37. Holy moly. Um, north of Phoenix. Correct. So out in the desert, uh, north of Phoenix, about an hour North. Okay. Like gorgeous, gorgeous to run there in February before it gets super hot. It was, yes. a, it was a really beautiful day. It was, um, just unbelievable, um, landscape, uh, to run through. It is stunning up there. I think I've told you I lived up there for a bit in Phoenix at least, but, uh, I would never run in it. Maybe like a mile or three, maybe. Um, okay. So you talked also in your list of things about you. I really like that. Like, who are you? And you just kind of have a list ready. Cause I find that I always talk about like what I do for a job or like, and it's just like, those are, that's cool but there's just so many cool, rich things that you could share with people. So I'm going to start encouraging others to introduce themselves in that way. So anyway, um, you mentioned minimalist. So let's run through that. So what does that mean to you? Yeah. Um, so to me, what it's, so what it means to me is that, um, is less is more, um, um, for me. And so, um, for me, like if I could put everything like from like, let's use like one great example that most people probably have tucked away in their attic or in their, in their garage is like, like all of their childhood memories. Right. And it's, there's, I mean, boxes and boxes of, of this stuff. And for me, um, I, I try to put it, get it all into one box. Um, so it just declutters things in my life. Like, like the more things that there is for me to look at or have to deal with um, can be a little bit overwhelming for me. So I found that, you know, less is more in my life. Um, and, and there's some, you know, things that people look at me like probably a little strangely for doing, um, with that, but, um, it's, it's, uh, it's really helped me, um, you know, managing, managing anxiety, um, is just not to have so many options. Um, mm-hmm. so Netflix definitely like stresses me out. Netflix doesn't come on too much on, in, on my TV for that, for that exact reason. It's yeah. It's like the overwhelming of, like you said, just too many choices can create a whole nother element. Well, you know, Katie, I think that that's one of the takeaways though, that, um, that the military helped me with was, was, you know, like, just give me one thing to do and I'll go do it. I don't want like five options. Like, why do I need, you know, 20 different of, you know, broccoli cheddar soup options in the grocery aisle, right? Like, just like, give me the one can and I'm, I'm happy. And like, let me go, you know? So um, that's probably the the bigger takeaways um, going back to our earlier part on, on, on the military. Yeah. You're, you're speaking deeply to me because I definitely get overwhelmed by multiple choices. And I, as a, an empath and a very compassionate person, definitely take every element of how other people will feel about my choice. And so if I'm looking at five different cans of soup, I'm going to wonder 
how my mom feels about that soup and how my fiance feels about this soup and how I, so it's like a whole thing. So it's just like, I need one choice because I'm going to literally think myself off a ledge. Just try it out. Um, and the other things that, that helped me with, uh, so this was a few years back. It was probably, um, right before I moved to California is, you know, I was, you know, getting ready for, for work one day and I was just, it's just, I didn't know, you know, just probably just dealing with, you know, the, the latest things happening in life. And, um, I, I'm sitting there in my closet and I'm trying to decide like, what am I going to wear? Right. Like I have a meeting going on this, this, you know, this morning, um, and, and what jacket, what, what button down, um, did I wear this last week or did I wear this earlier this week? Oh my gosh. Like what's everybody going to think? And just like being overloaded with, with too many different options, too many different feelings attached to each of those outfits. Um, and so um, I didn't know it at the time, but that was kind of like the initial, I guess, door opening for me to explore this life of like less is more. Um, and so now like my, my wardrobe is, you know, is, is largely the same five shirts each week. And in a lot of cases, if I like a shirt, I get four or five of that exact same shirt. Um, and I've also overcome the, like, what's everybody going to think if I wore that black t-shirt this yesterday yeah. and I wore it again today, um, <laughs> you know, and, and, but it's, it's a different shirt, but nobody, knows. so it's, it's, it's helps with limiting the, the stress that comes along with too many options. Um, and so that's just one of the little things that, that most people think like, I, I need, I need like, op, you know, I, I need more in my, in my life than just the same, the same color every day. But for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's peace of mind. I, I love that. I think that it's so, I, I love how you're stack, you're stacking your deck to just like remove, remove unnecessary stressors. Uh, my wardrobe is certainly stressful to me. I think that probably, I, I wonder if you can relate COVID has given us permission to make some of these choices a little bit more. It goes like to our social lives, right? It's like, you know, I have a whole calendar wide open in the days of non COVID. I'm going to fill it with a bunch of things. Cause that's how I feel like I have to, you know, do my life. And then it's like, you know what I can I can slow down. I actually have less choices and I feel a little more at peace in some ways, obviously we're in a pandemic, but the lack of choices and the change in the pace at which you're making these decisions feels like relaxing. Does that resonate with you? It, it, it does resonate a lot. Um, and it's, it has given, I think a lot of people just time to, to, to slow down and not just about, you know, those choices, but just like what's most important, you know, yeah. in, in your day to day. Um, and so that definitely resonates with me. Yeah. Um, I heard, I think I heard, uh, Barack Obama only had one color suit. And so it was just like, yeah, that's the suit I wear. And of course there were many different, um, different, uh, there were many of them, but it was just one right. suit. So it was just like, okay, I'm going to run the country, uh, and be, uh, the leader of the free world. And I don't need to make a decision on what friggin' suit I'm going to wear today. It's a very good point. And, uh, it's a, it's a smart man to, to figure that out as well. I, I think that, uh, Steve jobs was also, um, was also notorious for, was for, <laughs> for having the same, uh, the same, you know, outfit, you know, nearly every day. And, um, I think it was either him or, or, or someone else that mentioned that, you know, it's just that the brain has only so many, um, so many, you know, so much capability in any given day to make X number of, of choices. Yeah. Um, and so why are we going to bog down and take away, that, that, that battery, I guess you could say drain that battery on things like, what am I going to wear today? Um, and so, you know, that's a military thing. We go back to it again. And I feel like we'll, we'll do that throughout this, this conversation, but it's every day I woke up and I had the same uniform that I wore every day. I didn't have to think about what I was going to wear. And, um, cause there was other bigger things to, to worry about in life than, you know, like which, which shirt am I taking off the hanger today? Right. This is, this is good. This is good for me to hear. Cause I just moved into a, a bigger place in Seattle and I'm really loving the space. And I know like space and things are two different things, although it's very attractive to want to fill my larger space with more things. 
But, you know, I feel in some ways a lot of peace having the additional space, but it's a good reminder that, you know, I, I actually don't need to fill it with a bunch of crap (laughs) and, um, and it in some ways might get in the way of my piece versus adding to it. Well, well, I think you should pause Katie and, and, and continue to think through that. Um, I think you're on the right track of like, you know, like maybe I don't need to fill this like I have in the past with everything. And maybe I fill it with things that are really, really valuable to me and really important to me versus just filling it because there's space mm-hmm. and just filling it with things that don't bring any value. And that's one of the big things, um, you know, in that minimalist movement is, is not to have, you know, like nothing in your apartment or in your, in your house, but it's to fill things that are going to bring you, you know, a sense of, uh, or, you know, it's going to, it's going to add value to what, what, what you, your life and what you want it to be versus just filling it because everybody else, you know, in your life has that one gadget or has that one, you know, that one thing. Um, and so you have to go get it but it doesn't really bring you, uh, you know, any, any, any real true value. Are you on social media? I am on social media. I wondered, cause I feel like social media is the king and queen of telling you what you need. Um, so it made me think like, well, you know, Instagram's <laughs> telling me I need that gadget. So. Well, you know, Katie, like Instagram is a great example of how people curate their perfect life. Um, like everything that, you know, is like most people are not putting up there, their, their ugly truths, um, or the things that, you know, they regret getting or stuff like that. It's all, um, and so it's social media to me, it's, um, a lot of my, the things that I follow on there are, are people that, you know, have a very positive outlook on life. They, they, they look at it as a glass, you know, half full mentality versus just, you know, people that are posting, you know you know, their, their perfect Instagram life and their vacations and things like that. Because I don't think that that's necessarily like what, what, like, like the overwhelming majority of people are, are really doing, um, you know? And so I, I, you know, I, I try to focus more on the, on the positive side and filling and curating my list, um, that, that, you know, adds to, to, to my life because, um, I, it, it comes down to time as well. And if I'm going to spend time on a social media platform, I want to feel like I'm getting a return on that time. And I'm not Mm -hmm. just mindlessly, you know, scrolling through, um, you know, scrolling through, you know, photos and, and, and images, um, that, that aren't really, you know, giving me, um, you know, anything in return that makes it, hopefully that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. And I would venture to say that there's not a lot of return on time just scrolling (laughs) through social media. You know, maybe certainly is not. Yeah, like immediate, (laughs) I don't know, entertainment or keeping your mind busy. But yeah, because and then you're right. Uh the the curation and talked about this with our buddy Albert on a on another podcast is just that comparison stuff. And it's like you're choosing to scroll through something that's not even that real, and then you're deciding, oh man, they have something I don't, or you know, comparing yourself, which is so dangerous. It is. Um, and you know, you get into that and I, I think I saw this recently was basically, you know, there's, um, you know, you get into this comparison of where you're at in life versus your peers versus your family versus what society wants you, uh, you know, to be at. And, you know, what I, what I saw recently was, um, and I'm drawing a blank on, on who posted it, but it was about, you know, there's 7 billion people on this planet roughly. Right. And then mm-hmm. who's to say, what is the right time for you to accomplish X or, you know, how are we measuring that? Like you've got to just trust that where you're at is where you need to be. And, and to, and to stop thinking you've got to, you know, be somewhere just because, you know, a a friend, a family member, you know, a a peer at work has achieved that. Like you've got to trust that that you're in the right spot um, in your life. And once you can, once you can wrap your head around that, I know, and I, and I don't want that to sound, you know, like, like people, you know, don't struggle in some, some areas, but like, once you wrap your head around that, that basic concept, um, you start to really free up, you know, your, your, uh, your, your, your mental health and, and the things that, um, you know, are going to help you to, 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 you know, have a really great journey, um, on, on this earth. Yeah. And what can you share a little bit about 
the journey to discovery there, you mentioned, you know, just having some of these tools and it's so interesting, like all of them are through the lens with like through to your mental well-being versus like I run marathons so I can have a, like look good in a bathing suit. I, I guess that's what women say. I don't know, but <laughs> I, everyone wants to look good in a bathing suit or swim trunks for, for, for dudes. But, um, everything you've said thus far, the learnings have been through the, has, has been well-being, mental well-being. So talk to me about that. How did you realize that that was important to you? How did you realize that you were either lacking in that area or wanted more? Yeah. Um, well, well, first, um, I never, I never thought about running and like it helping my, my, uh, physique in a, in a swim trunk, but now <laughs> I might have to take like a, a you know, a second pass at, at that, but, uh, in all seriousness, the, uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, some of the stress that, that was caused and some of like the, you know, the, the things that, you know, occurred, you know, during my time in the military, both, you know, not just, you know, overseas, but also through relationships, um, you know, you know, it, 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 it hit me kind of hard. Um, and it was, um, a moment in my life where there was some really, really dark, dark times and, and, you know, through some, some therapy and through some, you know, some self-discovery of like, you know, just asking myself, you know, like, 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 is this, is this the best you can do? Is this the best that life has? Um, and luckily for me and, and, um, you know, like through some help, it was, you know, like there is more, um, and you've got to find healthy ways to, to, uh, to, to navigate some of that stress and that anxiety, that depression that, that can come and creep up with us, you know, in, in any part of our life. Right. I mean, it could be severe where you, where you live with this, you know, for, for, for years and years, or it could come and go, you know, periodically. But, um, it, to me, it was a, a discovery of what do I need, um, in order to divert my attention, um, or maybe not diverts the right word, but, but how to like have a healthy um, outlet for when those moments of, you know, uncertainty or confusion pop up and, and to process that. And so that's, that's one of the, the ways that I, uh, I found running, um, because growing up, I was not a runner. It was not my favorite thing to do. Even in the military, um, when we would run, it wasn't my, you know, it was, it was a, a day I was not looking forward to, but, um, um, th that was how I found running. Um, hopefully that helps answer it, but, but more than happy to, to keep going. Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll continue to prod. Um, don't mind if I do. Well, and, and we had also talked about how, um, or you've, you've said it here too, just thinking about building a life of meaning um, and then how it um, impacts those around you. And so I would love, you know, you've talked a lot about your own meaning and whether it's you know, therapy or running or minimalism, um, for you, there's also an element of in your own words, like how it trickles around you. Um, so I'd love to spend a couple minutes on talking about how you think about impacting others. Um, well, you know, there's that, the famous saying, and I, and, and I don't know, I don't recall off the, you know, the top of my head where it's the, you know, people, People will not, you know, they, they won't remember, you know, you know, what you, what you did or, or, or those accomplishments, but they're going to always remember how you made them feel. And so I, I, I try to go into every interaction that I have in my life with, um, with the intent to like help, help someone get better, um, help myself get better. And I don't want that to sound, you know, superficial and, 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 and whatnot, but it's, it's truly how I, how I, I wake up every day with a, with a thank you and, and a, and a, um, and, and I try to em, em, embark on that, that 24 hour period with helping those around me, because I think when you help others and you give, you get a, you get a lot back in return, right? Like the, the, the karma of helping those around. And, and too often I, I, as I, as I look out in the world, I, I notice there's just so many people like, like are wanting things from others. Like, it's always like a, give me, give me type of approach. Um, and, and not too many people are out there, um, really wanting to give, um, to, to those around them. And so, you know, when you, when you do that though, you, you create a, um, you know, a, and a, I guess you could say like a, 
a, a bubble of inclusion where others can feel like they can be themselves. They, they feel like they, they have a, uh, an outlet to where, um, you know, they're, they're, they're not going to be judged in that, in that, whether it's driving performance in, in the professional world or, or in your, in your personal life, um, is, is to me really rewarding. And, um, and so like, it, it's, it's just staying with that, that positive mindset and, and making sure that those around you, um, you know, are, are, are getting a lot, you know, out, out of your time here with them. Yeah. Yeah. That that's incredible. I think that it, you know, we've both seen in, in our careers, like not everyone thinks like that. I think it's, as we're saying, like it takes a lot of maintenance to take care of yourself. So to have the understanding that it's also great to take care of others and, and do it effectively is like some pretty next level stuff. Well, it's, 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 it's like a muscle Katie. Um, and in not just giving back, but like taking care of yourself, you know, especially like mentally, you know, we're all, we're all struggling in some way, right? Like there's, there's no one person I don't believe on this earth that is just living a perfect life where they have no stress, no anxiety, none of that stuff. And so, but the problem is that is, is overcoming that. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and working on yourself. And it's similar to like going to the gym and getting that, you know, that, that buff, that buff body or that, that perfect physique, um, is it takes work. Um, and it's not an overnight thing and you've got to keep working at it. And, um, you know, for me, that started with reading books on, on these subjects with listening to podcasts and, and telling myself, you know what, an hour a day, spend an hour a day, and, you know, like trying to get better personally, trying to learn about something in, in your chosen field, how to help others um, and trusting that that process is going to is going to, you know, it's, it's going to pay off down the road. And, you know, where I'm at right now in, in, in my life, um, I, I'm starting to see some of those um, some of that fruit from from that labor and that extra time to put in to, to really build those muscles of positivity um, you know, living a life that where you don't have those regrets and that you're helping others. Um, and, and the reason why I say that um, I'm seeing that is, is just in the people around me and, and how they have their mindsets have, sh have shifted a little bit. And that's not because of, of me by any means, but it's, but it's, it is by showing up with that, that process, it, it does ripple into others. And they start to see like, you know, what, like I can't overcome like my fears or I can't overcome, you know, some of the struggles in my life. Um, there's more to this, this big journey we're on than, than getting bogged down in the details. Um, and so it, again, it, it's a muscle that we all have got to really just work on. Um, mm -hmm. It's not going to be given to us by any means. Yeah. And that's so true. Oh, PS, I know the Jeopardy answer for um, who said that quote. And the answer is who is, Maya Angelou. So I got that one. Um, but what I was going to say is I, what, one thing I learned early on in therapy is the idea of the, one of the best ways to help others is to set a good example. And that is a bit of what you're talking about where it's, you know, it's very easy to, um, or it, it can be easy depending on your energy and where you're at in your own journey, but to show up for people or to provide a active service or a hug or whatever it is, but, um, simply setting an example, whether it's, um, you know, picking up an activity that takes care of your mental health or setting a boundary or like, jumping over hurdles and obstacles because you, you know, you know, there's a bigger picture. That's something that has really helped me is like, okay, I can't fix everything for everyone, but I can be true to my own journey and set some, some great examples for those who it's helpful for. Spot on. Um, you have to leave, excuse me, you have to lead by example. Um, if you, if you want to get the, the, the best out of, you know, those around you, but more importantly, like the best out of yourself, right? Like, mm -hmm. I think it's, I, 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 to, to tell somebody that you're going to ask somebody to do something and, you know, in the back of your mind, it's like, well, I would never do that. Or I've never done that. Um, 
like, how can you recommend to somebody to do something that you haven't, you know, at least tried it and, and, and seen some of that. So like leading by example and, and putting in the work um, is, is really important um, in order to, to get people to really trust, you know, what you're saying. Yeah. And then you're a girl dad. So how does that trickle into being a dad? Oh, oh, um, so yes, girl dad. Um, and, and it, it brings me a ton of joy. Um, and, and so for me, it's just, you know, making sure that she understands that, you know, that, that she can achieve anything that she's going to, you know, she wants to work hard enough for, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, you know, that I, I saw recently the sky's the limit, um, but yet there's footprints on the moon. And so mm-hmm. when you think about that, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's instilling in her the confidence that, um, you know, th- th- this world um, is, it, it will, it will give you whatever you're willing to put in the work for. Um, and, but to do it in a way that doesn't hurt those around you and that um, it, it is equally important. And so, um, you know, she's still young. She's, you know, she's not even, you know, and, um, you know, she's, she's nine years old. And so she's just figuring some things out, you know, early on, but, um, it's, it's to support those around you, you know, really give back and, and help those in need. Um, and I think when you, when you set a foundation like that, at least I hope, um, you know, you, you put them on the right trajectory, um, for a life where down the road, she, uh, she'll start to understand some of these things. Yeah. And forgive me if I'm like creating something that isn't there and please tell me, but I also find, so I'm not a girl dad and I can't technically be one, but, um, you know, I find that the word or the phrase itself kind of, for me shows that a dad understands his responsibility to raise a girl, um, and the differences between, um, you know, raising someone of, um, their, their same gender identity and someone who is, um, in your case, a girl. And so, I I mean, do you find like a nuanced responsibility in that or how you think about it because you don't understand what she's going to go through? I I think that, yeah, there's, there's a lot of uncertainties, um, you know, from, from my perspective and like, how do you navigate, you know, raising a daughter versus raising, you know, you know, a son, um, but, you know, she's teaching me a ton, Katie, um, at the same time, um, you know, about how to, how to be a, you know, a great person, how to be a dad. Um, and the, you know, the, the best part is that I don't think she's, she understands what a dad's supposed to do any more than what I'm, you know, I'm understanding <laughs> like what a, what a girl dad is supposed to, to deliver there. And so we're, we're both on this journey together and, um, and, and trusting that, but I will say though, um, I think that raising a, you know, a, a young daughter in today's world is, is much different than it has been in the past. And, and in a lot of ways, it's, it's a, it's a great thing because there's, there's so many more doors that are open. There's so many more opportunities, um, for, for, you know, young, young women and, and for women in general. And so to be able to, to be able to help shape that and to be able to help instill that, uh, that, that confidence that she, you know, she can really, you know, again, like, you know, be the best that she's, that she wants to be if she puts in the work, um, you know, that, that's, that's a really, that's a really, um, powerful thing for me to go to bed at night, knowing that, that I'm going to help to shape that next generation. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's lucky. I've seen pictures of you two together. Seems pretty great. Seems like she's teaching you a thing or two, keeping (laughs) you on your toes. Certainly does. Well, Mike, let's get into some of my newly trademarked hot tamale questions. Uh oh. <laughs> they're they're low hanging fruit or low hanging tamales, as they say. Um, okay, so yeah, just a few. Um, all right, number one, what does bliss mean to you? Ooh. Bliss means to me just being in, in your, in your, in your, in your groove, um, you know, whatever that groove may look like or feel like is that you, you, you wake up and you go to bed, just, just in a really great mood, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like you feel like you're, you're, 
you can accomplish, um, you know, you've accomplished, you can accomplish everything that you're happy with where you're at in your life. Um, that, that to me, I think is, is my, how I would define bliss that I'm, that I'm truly happy with where I'm at, with the decisions that I've made. Um, and, and, uh, and that's how I'd sum it up. Yeah, that's beautiful. I would, I would think that that's probably the constant chase, right? Cause it's like, the, the road to that is just always forming. Well, we're never going to reach yeah. the destination, you know, the, the yeah. you know, the, 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 the journey is the destination. And so you might as well enjoy it. Um, and, and, and just, and just have fun, yeah. um, being the president and just, and just enjoy the moments that you have here. Cause you know, before we know it, you know, our, our, our clocks will, will, you know, ticking. And so you've, you've really got to maximize that, that time you have here. Yeah. I like it. I like uh, how you said being in a groove too. I, I'm going to take that. <laughs> Getting in a groove. Okay. Next is how do you channel confidence? Um, I, I, I channel confidence with preparation. I think if you put in the time and, and you prepare, you visualize, you, 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 you write it out, you map it out. Um, I think that's uh, the, the preparation is key for that. That is a really good answer. Whoa. Too many times, Katie, I don't think enough people prepare for greatness. Um, you know, they, they just show up, um, mm -hmm. instead of, you know, that, because it doesn't take much to go from ordinary to extraordinary in this life. Um, and it's, and it comes down to who's willing to prepare a little bit more than that, that person to the left and to the right of them. You know, when I was growing up, I'll, I'll give you a, uh, um, I'll give you a little, uh, you know, lesson from, from my father that he, uh, you know, I was growing up, he, you know, I was, I, I'd play basketball for hours and hours, you know, outside on, on our basketball hoop. And he used to tell me, you know, there's, um, you know, like if, when you're, when you're ready to, to dump, be done playing, just remember there's some other kid somewhere in the world that's outworking you and putting in a little extra shots, a little extra there. And I think that in hindsight, looking back on it was, was one of those things where it's like, how are you going to prepare for your greatness, whatever that individual greatness is? Um, because there is somebody else out there that is putting in that same amount and more work. Um, you know, again, what, whatever area in your life that may, that may equate to just, just knowing that I help, I think helps push, um, for, for that great outcome. Yeah. Yeah. And your dad's totally right. And I also wonder, I feel like you'll have a good like position on this. I also wonder when, when you choose when it's enough, because I also feel like, yes, if I'm out, uh, dribbling a basketball and I want to stop and I realize someone is out there dribbling more and then I want to dribble more, but then the pressure, you know, I guess it's also, if you like, let the pressure get to you, but how do you, how do you go? Okay. You know what? This is where I'm supposed to be right now versus I'm never doing enough. Well, the, the only pressure that can be created is the pressure that you put on yourself. Oh, um, right. like there, there's, there's the, the, the pressure that's out in society. Um, like th that's for society to, to deal with. Like, are you going to let that creep into your world? I mean, the only pressure you should be putting on is, is, um, the pressure that, that you create for yourself. So th that's what I would, I would, I would push on that piece. But then like, when is enough is enough is like, wh when are you, this is, this is tricky. Um, but for me, it would be, you know, you know, it's, it's at what, when, when you, when you feel like you've, you've, you've done all you can possibly do, that's when it's enough. Um, and I don't mean like, you know, well, oh, like, you know, I'm, I'm a little tired here. And so I, I, I've done enough, you know, like I'm my, no, it's like you've pushed and pushed and pushed to where there, there's, 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 there's nothing left. Um, and that's going to be again, different. And, and, and whether it's physical or mentally um, is yes, there is that other kid dribbling the ball somewhere. And, it, and I think that the lesson there more is just like, you know, preparation and, and to really put in, you know, that work. Mm -hmm. um, but again, like understanding, like, this is your life, your journey. Um, and so to compare it to, to someone else's and where they're at, um, I think it's unfair to you. Um, and so like, you know, put in the work and be satisfied with those results, I think is when it, it's enough. 
Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I revealed my own issues, which (laughs) is like, I assume that, you know, the, the need to be very well prepared is a lot of pressure. (laughs) So basically I just unearthed my, my own insides or something. Um, that's funny. That's good. I, I really like the preparation answer so much. Um, okay. The next one is when shit gets rough, what's the first thing you try to remember or think about? It's, it's temporary. That's a really easy one for me. It's, it's temporary. So when, you know, positives and negatives, when, you know, when, you know, when everything's hitting the fan, it's temporary, it will pass. Um, and like, what have you developed? What skills have you developed to help manage through that? Um, because like the sun will come up tomorrow and it will set today. Um, and so everything is temporary. Um, and so don't allow yourself to get so consumed with, with that temporary, um, um, piece, you know, and, and whatnot. Um, and just trust that, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a good outcome. I'd like to add a disclaimer that these questions were not provided to Mike beforehand and he is nailing them. Um, okay, next. I actually don't know much about your musical taste, but I'm going to just try it on for size. <laughs> what song do you play to jump into beast mode? Oh, to jump into beast mode. Oh, um, I don't know if I have one to get. What is beast mode? Um, what, is that, I don't know. Well, I was hoping that, you would just like you. Well, just, there's like, a song oh, that I that I, yeah. if I if I need you a know. if I need to if I need like an uplift, you know, in my life, or if I need like kind of just you know start off the day really well. Um, Pineapple skies by Miguel is a, a, a really big one for me. Uh, I think he yeah, has just an outstanding voice, uh, and that song. Um, well, if it doesn't put a smile on your face and then, you know, we're, we, uh, there's, there's something off, I think, because Bigger it's issues. just a, fan, it's a fantastic song. His, his voice is stunning. Um, yeah. And Mike, you know, what beast mode is you ran 37 miles recently, like <laughs> you're there. Yeah. Um, it, and so, you know, for, for the runs, it's more of just, you know, just it's more of just high tempo type of, you know, electronic type of music. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes off classical, depending on the mood, I've got a few different playlists, but, but that one by, uh, but the pineapple skies is, is a, uh, is a can't miss on my playlist. Okay, great. Good to know. Um, all right. Last, but most certainly not least is the number one way you take care of your mental health. That's uh, again, that's really easy for me. Um, running is -hmm. that outlet for me. Um, it's, it's helped me so much over the last several years. Um, when, you know, when things aren't going well, when I need to just process, you know, a hard day at work or what's coming up, you know, and, you know, the end of the week, um, or, or whatever, like to be able to get out and to, to run on dirt is, is one of the biggest unlocks if not the biggest unlock that I've had um, in my life when it comes to, to dealing with, uh, you know, mental health. That's great. Well, that one's not going to help me much because I'm not going to run. Just kidding. I actually do like running. I, um, and I know that that groove that you speak of when you're a couple miles in and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm jamming now. Well, Katie, um, you don't have to run. Like, just what is that? And it may, and if you don't know today, I'll I'll give you that challenge to to move forward with. But like, where do you or what what makes you feel most alive? Mm-hmm. Right. And the, and whatever that is, whatever activity that is, where you feel most alive, um, is is probably going to be something that could help. Um, you know, in, in with the mental health game. Um, but there are some there are some actual you know medical benefits. Um, to like the actual working out, whether it's weightlifting, yoga, you know, some meditation exercises, mindfulness, um, that, that really help on that way. But, but in general, like where, where do you feel most alive? Yeah, it's a good one. Um, I mean, I think for me, 
well, exercise wise, I did recently join the Peloton family. Uh, and I really love it. And a lot of it has to do with the music because I think dancing makes me feel the most alive. So it's the ability to like move my body to music. Um, but then have, uh, you know, something I can do outside of dancing that creates some, some cardio. I'm, yeah, glad you went, I'm glad you went there um, with dancing because I was going to bring it up. Because um, <laughs> I, I heard you've uh, you've got a a move or two in the bag. Um, oh yeah, and... <laughs> I haven't even shared that with the the podcast uh, world yet. But yeah, you're right. I do got a few moves up the these sleeves. Well, Mike. On that note, I think we have given the listeners some really good stuff here. And I just am so grateful to know you and so grateful for you to share more about you and how you think and how you approach your life. And I'm just grateful to know you. Um, Likewise, Katie, Um, it was a pleasure getting to to jump on here and chat with you and to catch up and to talk about, you know, you know, some things that are, that are really, really uh, important to me. Yes. And thank you for sharing. All right. I guess it's girl dad time. You got some, a girl, a daddy daughter date. There you go. I sure do. All right. Well, enjoy. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Mike.